Hi, this is Roy Worley. Welcome to the interview show that brings on guests from all walks of life. Yeah, it's here that they tell their stories and delve a little deeper into their lives to see what got them where they are. So grab a drink, have a seat, and relax, because this is The Leo Effect. When was the last time a short movie shook your emotions to the core? When was the last time a short movie caused you to rethink everything you stood for? When was the last time a short movie made you proud to be an American? When was the last time you felt the emotion to stand up and cheer after a short movie? The new short movie, I've Got Your Six, written and directed by Bill Foster, one of the industry's newest and fastest climbing directors, will answer all of those questions. Rarely has there been so much packed into a short movie that when you leave, you'll feel more proud of our American military veterans. A movie that was cast only with American military veterans will have you on the edge of your seat, cheering for our veterans and what makes America great. I've Got Your Six will be hitting the film festival scene soon. Be prepared to drop what you're doing and go see this powerful movie when it comes to your area. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leo Effects. As you may have noticed from the intro, things are looking up and getting a little bit different around here. Previous 18 episodes have followed their course, and now we're looking at the new year and changing things up. And with that said, my first guest to ring in the new way of doing things is a man that I think he's done a lot of stuff, and I think he's going to be a great guest to usher in the new way. And his name is Tony Gibson. How are you today, Tony? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. <laughs> new year, new dealings, new everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of good, exciting things coming. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we're going to... I hope that this will bring some exposure to you and uh, get you some new stuff yourself and kind of get you out there a little more, but... Kind of leaning on that a little bit, let's let's start this off right. And can you tell everybody what uh, you feel you might be most known for? Um, I would probably uh, be most um, most known for as far as my career um, uh, for maybe the little spoof that it, that we had done years ago. It's called Script Cops, and uh, it was a, a comedy that was written and directed by a guy named Scott Rice. Um, that, that got uh, picked up from Sony, I think Crackle had uh, picked it up and, uh, we played these cops that would like bust in on people for writing bad movie scripts. And (laughs) 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 yeah, it almost like treated it like it was like, you know, a giant bag of cocaine or something, you know, somebody was writing bad movies. They would like, you know, the script cops would come and like, you know, beat them up and say, you know, basically slam them on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) It's all those things. Yeah, like so uh, it, uh, that that like really got me hooked. Um, that was one of that's in the beginning of my career. I was uh, close to yeah, thirteen, I guess twelve, thirteen years ago. Um, that right there really was like a hook, line, and sinker for for me because uh, I I love to to be like in the moment with all of the characters that I'm playing. Um, I like to take time and kind of you know find these uh these colors to to all these different characters mm-hmm. um and that that makes it fun you know that makes it something that's that's rewarding in the end really is um 
uh, once you, you know, you, you could have the, the old average, you know, uh, type of actor, or you could be like super entertaining and just be like, super, you know, either crazy or just whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a matter of, of, of painting this picture for an audience. That's first off, it's immortalized on the screen. So you want your painting to be something that's yours, you know, as part of somebody else's project, I guess. But what matters is how you're portraying these characters. Right. So that, yeah, that's kind of important to me. And it's, uh, again, it's, it's a blast. You know, it's like, it's a drug. It really is. Yeah. That's, that's so cool, though, to, to just get in that moment and be, be that character for a little bit. You kind of forget about the things that are going on with you personally. And now you're that character. And to think about a situation where like somebody kicks open the door and they're like, all right, everybody on the ground. Like that, that movie sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that was, uh, yeah. And there's a few raids in there where it was just, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was unforgettable moments. It really was. I mean, <laughs> yeah, cause it, it's, I think it, it was meant to be sudden shock and surprise. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, I think some of the people in the film or in while we were filming actually forgot they were in a film because as soon as we kick in the door, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, started, we were raiding the place and you know papers are flying everywhere. It's it's something that yeah, it was a uh, it was a laugh afterwards, but in the moment it was just it was a beautiful shock. It is what right. it was. So yeah, That's great. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I started off in theater, uh, and uh, I was one of those people that, you know, was kind of scared of the stage, you know, in my own way I was. Really? Uh, I was, yeah, I, I had like a little anxiety being around, you know, large crowds and stuff. And um, my, my professor, he, he kind of showed me how to, to break the ice, you know. Uh, oh. This man was, uh, just, this guy was like a professor of theater for well, over 40 years. And um, he gave me my first acting gig as someone who had to transform from a 1930s cop to an 80-year-old man within 15 minutes of each other. So not only was it like a like a you know throw you into the into you know the the mix with not only just one character but uh, it's somebody that had to completely change to 80 years old and convince an audience. <laughs> you know, so I guess coming in with my anxiety was more or less like, okay, well, we can fix that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but uh, it, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace was my very first theater production. Oh, uh, wow. And I never, yeah, I'll never forget it. Um, uh, Arsenic and Old Lace was done from a professor at the time, I think it was Kathy Barber. Mm -hmm. And uh, we um, had basically sold out every seat in the house uh when when we were doing this production and uh of course it's a comedy a dark comedy uh everyone that 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 you knew that was in the audience uh there was like this this thing where if the chair started squeaking and nobody was saying anything then it was almost like crickets it's like you're losing oh. attention you know <laughs> what i'm saying yeah yeah <laughs> If you could hear a pin drop in the back of that room, that means you had everybody's attention. And that was just like one of the, 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 the perks of being an actor is that you could register these things. There was like a hidden subliminal message as to how good you were doing with your craft. And, and I'll tell you what, it wasn't, it was every time I got on that stage that I could hear a pin drop. 
And I wondered why, but they, you know, I, I eventually asked him, you know, after, you know, our third production uh, of doing theater. And he's like, well, to be honest, he's like, yeah, uh, Raymond told me, you, you kind of scare me. <laughs> like, <are you> serious? <laughs> he's like, well, he's like, well, I don't mean that in a bad way. He's just like, uh, he's like, uh, Johnny Depp scares me. He's like, uh, you know, people that are like, you know, Ray Liotta scare me. He's like, it ain't that they're scary. It's that they're intense. They're extreme about their emotions and how they feed into uh, these people that they're playing. And I guess I did that on some level and didn't even know it. And um, he told me that I would do very well in film. We better know what theater. And I was, he told me I was one of his top performers, which was, I was honored to get that, you know, to get that, uh, that badge from a guy like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, from there it went into uh, full fledged, uh, um, movie time, you know? Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, I've seen some of your pictures on IMDb and you were kind of a scary guy. So. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's it's good jazz. It is. It, it um to, to be honest, I'm I'm the most humble uh humble guy you ever meet. I really am. I'm a giant giant teddy bear man. <laughs> uh, I I can I guess I can have those moments where I'm a giant grape ape. I think every guy's got that in him, you know, where he just bangs his fist on the ground like a like a six year old. Don't get his way, but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, who hasn't been there? <laughs> but uh to, to i think i've had um you know I, i'm able to wear it well you know yeah. uh I, I, but i don't like i don't ever want to be a typecast i love i love dabbling into like things that are supernatural and dark and i think that's just my natural my natural presence to uh, or my natural you know uh i guess uh kind of you know uh I, um I, I guess my hunger is what I'm trying to say. It's more like my my wants and desire is like for something that is is kind of you know it's it's off the beaten path. It's uh, something that's you know uh, that's cool and in the same sense it's dark you know. So uh, these parody characters I play very well uh, and being you know I never thought I'd be in a Christian film and uh, I end up being part of the worst character you could. Imagine being in a Christian film. I played the role of Lucifer, so oh, okay. that. <laughs> but I had to play a double role uh, in Spear of Destiny, where I was the sorcerer, the evil sorcerer that summoned the devil, and then of course I had to play uh, Apollyon, which was the uh, the devil himself. And uh, we used you know CGI green screen and stuff to, mm -hmm. to talk to myself, which. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which isn't you know Doctor Jack on hot at all. It's not a schizophrenic. No, but they, no, they... <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but it was uh, it was fun. It was one probably one of the funnest times I've ever had doing doing a uh, building a character. That's so cool. What uh, what made you wake up one day and and say you know what I want to be an actor? Matt Ray, uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I was six years old when I was on the floor and I had poured ketchup all over myself and scared my mom half to death. And I've never lost sight of that kid inside of myself. I'm, I'm a giant child. I'm 40 years old and I feel like I'm 12. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I, I just be honest, I'm a large kid. Uh, I've never grown up and I, I don't think I'm capable of doing it. Just, I, I enjoy 
you know, uh, being in these, these, um, you know, being in these situations where, you know, it's a challenge to, to become these, these people. And it's, you know, if, if I could pick a job where, yeah, you know, you could go to your nine to five and be at a desk or guess what? You get to die a thousand times today. I'm going to choose. Well, there you much, go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, I guess I'm the, the original version of Peter Pan. Yeah. I've never grown up, man. That's, so. that's a perfect answer though. I mean, not everybody can, can be a desk jockey. Mm. So. No. But I also see that you've also branched out a little bit. You're not just an actor. It looks like you've uh, dabbled with um, directing and writing. And is, is that true? Yes. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Gypsy Moon uh, is mm-hmm. uh, two and a half year in the in the process of uh, being being worked on. It should be uh, should be mastered and out uh, this next summer, of 2020 or fall. Oh, cool. Shooting for the. Yeah, uh, it's uh, starring. Uh, uh, I directed, wrote, and directed this, and um, uh, had a lead part in it uh, as the role of the captain. And I try to do something with uh, with a story that had an original concept. So uh, none of the nobody has names in this movie. They're all like called Gypsy, or they're called Captain, or Child, or you know Governor. There nobody has names for a reason. Because it's a universal. I'm trying to do something different where it was a universal language. That's cool. Uh, yeah. So the longer the hair on the paper, the people, and the more, you know, uh, that that they had was like a, a signif- is It kind of signified how much blood they had on their hands. You know, as far as um, you know, a corrupt government or um, you know, people that were trying to take over. You know, uh, these uh, gypsies, uh, the, the basically their country. Uh, so the order is who is in this story uh, that are taking over uh, uh, all of the gypsies and basically trying to trying to reestablish themselves as a superior race, right? Uh, and then uh, Alexis Arnold is the she's the, the child actor. She's one of the stars of the film. Um, she plays the the little girl, you know that. Uh, that kind of gets lost to the elements with this guy that's on that's kind of on the run, you know, from uh, this creature uh, that just seems to, you know, not let him eat or sleep or, or anything. It's like it's uh, it's a torturing mechanism. Um, yeah, and then the, the gypsy played by, by Lauren Locks, she plays the role of, you know, uh, basically the, the leader of the gypsy people. Uh, and both, yeah, both actors are, were were just were incredible to work with. Uh, I mean, they were very. It was one of those one of those gigs where you kind of, especially Alexis, like the I, I didn't foresee you know working with with a with a kid that had that much talent. You know, uh, to to see her like cry on a drop of a hat was just was phenomenal to me. And then it, what it was, was we was able to like, uh, I guess I was able to feed each other, uh, like to, to a point where, um, you know, it was a reality almost. And, um, uh, yeah, the, the, the places where we were, the elements wasn't always on our side. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we had rain, we had, uh, you know, a lot of cold weather in some of the spots and, and that little girls out there. Uh, with a cold, and her mother had her, 
I'm like, look, we can shut this down. And she's like, oh, no. You know, and Lexi was like, oh, no. You know, we're, we're moving forward. And she was, it was almost like she was my AD, you know, my assistant director. <laughs> she's, the one, she's the one telling me we're not shutting down and, you know, and ran a 13-hour set. So, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i was i was very honored to work with with such an amazing amazing cast um i think lauren had had a monologue that i'd given her like maybe maybe two days before we actually started the shooting and this girl uh had it like memorized and it was a long monologue i mean it was something that your typical theater person it would take them you know uh, a couple weeks wow. to 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 have down and this girl had it in two days and it was just like spot on, you know? Uh, so yeah, uh, Alan Brent was the governor, uh, who was, who was phenomenal. Jan Duncan Ware, uh, she had played the, uh, the role of, uh, like the gypsy widow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, just, just, a an all around, um, just phenomenal cast. Uh, I think, uh, uh, Kristen Cochelle, uh, she played the cabin mother, uh, you talking about somebody that could bring like dynamite to a character that she's she's one of those actresses that cool. uh, yeah. So with everybody like together, and you're all in that super extreme intense moment where it's like you know we are in this time, and uh, of course it's set back to like 1799 Romania. Everyone is just super intense and geared. And it, it, I mean, it's it's its own drug. It really is. It's like a natural drug to be in that in that element. And you're for a moment, you're preserved in time, mm-hmm. and nothing else really exists on the outside world. You know. So yeah, yeah it all, it's, it's like it becomes reality at that point. At that point in time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's Very. I, man, it's so amazing to hear stories like that. That's awesome. Yeah. They. Um, I think the newest one that I'm I'm really looking forward to in 2020 is uh, this is a film that I'm not I haven't directed. Um, uh, I was in uh, Jackson, which was a, a horror film uh, this past year, and C.J. Goodwin was the writer director for it. Uh, this next film is called it is uh, the name of it's Good Night Elbury, and I play a vamp. I'll be you know it's a vampire film. Oh, so, cool. So it's uh it's one of these things uh where I only can't I can't disclose a little too much about it, but right. the character I'm gonna be playing is is just I, I think it's gonna light up the silver screen like nobody's ever seen. It's uh, from what this guy was looking to try to do and what he was explaining was just I mean, it's one of these things that was the cream of the crop to an actor. You know, it's uh, it's like, oh, my God, am, am I really going to be doing that? You know, <laughs> you know it's, it was such such an excitement to, 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 to hear this guy and what he was explaining is going to be done. And uh, that that'll be shooting at the end of January, uh, beginning of February of 2020. So uh, um, yeah. well, I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for that one. You're going to have to keep us updated <laughs> on when that comes out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'll be fun. That'll be fun to watch. Um, so, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit about all the different hats that you wear. And I'm curious of all of the things that you've kind of dabbled in. I mean, I kind of just from the conversation, I think I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Of all these different things, what do you like 
to do the most? Do you prefer to act? Do you prefer to direct, write, things like that? <clears throat> I, I think I prefer to, to act. You know, I, I prefer to take on like a, a, a character, you know, to, to, to basically make the, the pages of somebody's story or even my own and bring life to them, you know, breathe life into what's ink. You know, some something that's just sitting there and written, it becomes breathable and it becomes life as something that you've given to it. And it uh, that's probably where the the top of, of what I love to do is mm-hmm. directing is, is great. I love to direct. Um, I think uh, the best is yet to come with the things that I want to direct. Uh, because, of course, you, you, you've got, you know, you've got low budget films and you've got the. Uh, uh, a spot in your career where, uh, given the right opportunity, uh, you'll you'll be able to master what is actually in your head into, gotcha. you know, what I'm saying into it like a screen. This of course takes a budget and takes, you know, it takes it takes things that mm-hmm. you know that are financially, uh, you know, kind of sewed into the entire entire mix. But but yeah, directing will be something like to uh, that'll be something like a little bit later on in my career that I think will, will really bloom. You know, right now I'm enjoying, you know, acting. Uh, I write music as well. I'm a composer. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, 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 I take on everything, and I, I suggest that to any artist that's out there. You know, don't just be a director. Don't just be an actor, you know. Mm-hmm. Live in the moment and then love it all. You know, love everything that you do because – if 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 it's that hard to get an audition or if it's that difficult to run into the people that you really want to know, then guess what? Just start prepping yourself now for anything and everything. That way, if Hollywood does call or something happens in your career where you're not going to be blindsided by not being able to pursue what you really want by, you know, saying with having these other things you you also can do as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing is something I, I highly recommend any actors be a writer, be a director, be a musician. You know, if you're an artist and then, then do art in everything, you know, All right. that's some good advice. Thank you. Yeah. So I got a, I got a question for you. It's kind of a hypothetical kind of throw it out there question. Um, I've gotten some varied responses to it, but it it's a, I feel like it's a good question, and everybody seems to take it a little bit differently. So, if a director were to walk up to you, any director, doesn't doesn't matter, it can be, you know, whoever you want, but a director walks up to you and says, okay, Tony, here's the deal. I want to make a movie. I have a budget and everything, but I don't have an idea. I need an idea from you. You're going to be the star. What's the movie about? Oh, wow. Okay. I would, I would light out to him and, uh, 0.2 seconds that we're about to throw something jazzy out there. It's 1930s. It's a rainy night. We got two Tommy guns, uh, on the side of a car and a damsel into distress that's in the top of the building. She's also the ringleader of, uh, like a, uh, a giant crime organization. But yet she's this beautiful woman with a pretty face that, uh, is able to hide behind her beauty in order to be a crime boss. And uh, you have this crooked detective cop that uh, basically sews the city up with everything that he, that he can because he's, you know, 
uh, let's just say he's, he's, he's one of these people that's never had any judgments against him because he's affiliated with one of the higher bosses uh, in the mob side. And then he's also running the, the cop bads thing to, to kind of uh, be a front for everything that he actually wants to do. And let's say that these two actually are at war with each other and, you know, things happen uh, throughout this rainy night that uh, is action-packed, it's back-to-back, it's kicking indoors, it's time guns going off. It's, <laughs> it's, it's everything you can imagine inside, you know, inside of a cigar room with the cards and the gamblers and the sharks to, you know, to basically dancing in the rain like an insane person. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 could, I could go all day long but, I like uh, it I yeah. like it that sounds like a, a a perfect movie right there yeah yeah it's something I, I was uh, actually thinking thinking about writing so yeah you just got you just caught the first end of that <laughs> that's great <laughs> oh man so uh, we're starting to work our way towards the end of the show here uh, time flies when you're having fun as they say yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't want to close this out without giving you an opportunity to tell people where they can go to keep an eye on things. You know, if you have a website or a, a production company or something that they can go and just keep up with the new things coming out. If you could tell the people about that, that'd be great. OK, uh, well, to, to find the, the, the best side of my insanity is probably howling at full moons at Instagram. Uh, that's, I write poetry, uh, I write stuff up all the time over there. Uh, Facebook is a good spot. Uh, if not, you know, IMDB, uh, Antonio Dell Gibson is probably where you're going to be able to see updates consistently coming from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all my contact information, um, you know, ghostship036 at Gmail. Uh, I try to, you know, I, I, I got, I keep, I'm one of those guys that keep a lot of irons in the fire. I never am always, I'm never going without doing something because I'm just, uh, my brain, my brain doesn't work like that. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so with everything on top of that's coming out in 2020, um, uh, yeah, I would, I would love to, to meet new artists and work with, with everyone, you know? Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, probably the best, the best way to reach me would be to, you know, just PM me on Facebook, you know? Uh, or or shoot me an email. Uh, that's you know that's where it begins. Cool. That sounds good. Sounds great. So um, in these last few moments here, I just want to say, uh, Tony, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. I appreciate you coming and and doing this interview with me. I, you know, I really didn't know what to expect walking into this interview. But you've been nothing but a superstar the whole time. So thank you so much. Thank you, Ray, man. Thank you for having me on the show, man. Absolutely. And I want to thank all the listeners out there. As I've said many times before, I can't do this without your listenership. So thank you for tuning in and listening. And everybody, we'll see you next time.
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, creatures of all ages, what an amazing show. Thank you for lending an ear and joining us. I'm the host, Ray Rumsey, and if you want to hear more interviews, simply head to anywhere podcasts are heard, Facebook or Twitter, and search The Leo Effects. With an A, not an E. If you'd like to hear me doing silly voices and making a general fool of myself, head over to Shattered Dungeons on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We live stream every Tuesday night. More projects are in the works. For now, stay tuned for more interviews. To book yourself as a guest, you can head to theleoeffects.wixsite.com slash podcast or send me an email at theleoeffects at gmail.com. Remember, this has been The Leo Effects, and great shows require great listeners, just like you. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.